Welcome to The Moon in Your Mind with your hosts, Chelsea Winter and Alyssa Ray. We are on a mission to build a community of empowered individuals to stay curious in their work, their relationships, and daily lives. By interviewing experts in uniting astrology and psychology, we will hold the space to connect you to new wisdom, unique stories, and insightful resources for you to cultivate your best human experience. Let's get curious. So many thoughts, so many goosebumps, so many inspiring moments. She's so great. Yeah, I feel like this was one of those conversations, like, my brain is, like, different now. (laughs) Like, I don't (laughs) – I'm like, I don't even know myself anymore. I don't know this earth. I Like, so many questions, so many things Mm -hmm. to research. My Aquarius brain is going crazy. (laughs) Yeah. And I feel like it's one of those things where, like, we bring people on because we're curious and the best conversations leave us even more curious. And that was this conversation. Like, I think mm-hmm. she answered so many things for us and brought up new things that I just want to go research and learn more about and tap into and just, yeah. yeah. The email she will be getting from me <laughs> with the amount of questions about all her offerings I know. and where to get started on all this. She I does know. not even know what's coming <laughs> into her inbox, but <laughs> right, right. No, seriously. Amazing. Mm-hmm. Everyone who's about to listen, you guys are in for such a treat. We talked about so many beautiful things, Akashic records, galactic connections, plant medicine, mm-hmm. intuitive development. Other lives. Yeah. It, yeah. There's- oh my God. Just Incredible. I think too, this takes healing and spirituality and energy and life to a whole different level. And I think everyone's going to really enjoy it. Mm -hmm. So good. We loved it. So we hope you do too. You guys, we are so excited to share with you our newest offering, the Cosmic Consulting Program. We're combining Chelsea's wisdom of astrology and my background in somatic psychology to support you in finding more authentic alignment and embodiment in your life. As your cosmic consultants, we will provide you with a juicy natal chart reading, a consultation session with both Chelsea and myself, as well as a nourishing somatic coaching session with me. And if you want to go even deeper, we're offering two add-ons that you can choose from a personalized journal, or a personalized meditation crafted by Chelsea and myself based on your chart, consultation, and coaching session to continue diving deeper into the work. Or you can choose both. Ready to begin? Shoot me an email at alyssa at themooninyourmind.com and we'll schedule a consult. We can't wait to support you on your journey. Hello, everyone. Today, we are joined by a magical being, Lauren Zire. Lauren is an Akashic record reader, Reiki master, and quantum healer, cosmic channel, galactic astrologer, teacher of psychic development, and multidimensional soul whose purpose is to help humans remember the truth of their essence, powerful and eternal beings of light. She is also a lifelong student of the universe, the occult, the mysteries, and the unearthing of our true history as a human species on Earth as well as on other planets. Much of her journey is dedicated to the study of human evolution throughout the galaxy. Welcome, Lauren. We are so excited to have you. Hi. Thank you guys so, so, so much. I'm so happy to be here with you. Awesome. So we always want to start, we talk about sun, moon rising and how it has shown up in your life, what your childhood was like, your background. And so I know you're pretty familiar with your chart, it seems like. Talk to us about that. Yeah, I'm actually in the middle of writing so far. I'm not even close to being done, but it's 280 pages 
of like beginner guide to astrology because I'm studying galactic astrology, which is, you know, you have your chart that interprets your soul map, right? Your map of this lifetime. But then you can also, there are these, the software where this woman was doing a bunch of QHHT sessions and was also an astrologer and was noticing patterns in people's experiences in hypnosis and how that translated to their chart. So you can actually see the, the map of your journey off of earth and your most ancient lifetimes, more recent lifetimes. So I was already exploring that in the records and through channeling of doing, you know, doing readings of the soul journey and what planets they have gone to. But then to find out that there's, I, I guess, more of a scientific way to, to see that, right, where it's more tangible, I was like, oh my gosh, I need to know this. So I am way more right brain, creative, you know, intuitive, artistic than I am like math, science, memorizing things, numbers. Like I've always been that way. So the astrology side to galactic astrology was really tough for me to remember and understand. So I basically over the past few months have been compiling all this information, like basically creating my own guide. And then I was like, why not just put this all in an ebook for others? Because the internet is interesting, you know, when you're <laughs> looking at, at the astrology. So yeah, I'm learning. The galactic side, I feel like I've, I've got down pretty good. But the, the astrology, I've been learning and learning even more and going even deeper. But my big three... Are I'm a Gemini sun, a Cancer moon, and a Sag rising and Sag north node as well. So really relate to the Sag yeah. <laughs> um, in everyone. And yeah, I I love being a Gemini. Also, am just being a Sag north node. I'm also a Gemini south node. So I've mastered the qualities of Gemini, right, in a past life. So that's really fun that that's also my son in this life where I know it so well. And the, the Cancer moon was hard for a really long time, and just being really sensitive and really emotional and, you know, really moody as a kid. I mean, I was, you know, super psychic and in tune with everything. So of course I'm feeling all the things, but yeah, that made a lot of sense when I discovered astrology and the, the Sag makes sense because I'm traveling and don't see it stopping anytime soon. So that need to explore, to, you know, go to foreign countries, to adventure, it all just makes sense. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And that's what I focus mainly in astrology and what i always like fascinated by is people who don't know anything about astrology and then they get a reading or they start learning. Like I've never had somebody say like, this is dead wrong. This, I don't relate to it at all. Like it's so fascinating how it really does like start to make sense and like start giving you that language too to talk about it. Yeah. And even with all of the different, I don't know what it's called, but like the Placidus, the whole sign, Vedic, like somehow they all work and they all make sense. And that somehow is because, you know, the universe is so intelligent. But yeah, it's mm -hmm. really amazing how it 
yeah, when people say I don't believe in it, I'm just, you know, I can't, I can't have a conversation. <laughs> it's, it's, it's a beautiful tool. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so growing up, I mean, you mentioned your cancer moon was difficult growing up. So what did growing up look like for you? How did that cancer moon come into play? How did your Gemini, I hope, maybe give you some levity at some points? Yeah. The Gemini definitely didn't support (laughs) because I was just all over the place. But it's funny because my mom is a Pisces and my dad's a Cancer. But you would think they're in tune with their emotions. They were not at all. So like growing up in, you know, a home where the very emotional beings, but suppressed. So I grew up outside of New York City, like from my lawn, you could see New York, basically. I was that close. So I'm in that energy, even though I'm in a suburb. And I really, really struggled to be on the planet. I feel like I have memories of like confusion of, I just remember even in middle school, I was like, wait, I live on a planet where like same-sex couples can't get married. Like this doesn't make any sense to me. I would just have these feelings of like, there's something wrong here or like something's not right. I don't like, where am I? Like, how did I get here? I would just have those feelings as a kid of like something is wrong (laughs) with this planet, with this civilization. And I grew up in a very, it's like North Jersey Italian town. So very loud, very expressive, very vocal, like people, a lot of like, you know, talking about other people, like that's the type of environment that I grew up in. And I, it was just really difficult. And looking back now, I understand why. And it's funny because I have so many friends from high school that are intuitive and on the same path. And I was always supported and they were right there, but I didn't know at the time. Like I just, you know, I was like, everyone is out to get me like this place sucks and I got to get as far away as possible. And that's exactly what I did. And then, you know, you come back and realize it wasn't what you thought. (laughs) Yeah. That's so interesting. It's Interesting too, because I I resonate with that a little bit. Both Chelsea and I grew up in Connecticut, so not right outside of New York, but very similar vibe of that like suburbia and just that superficial relationships and that like ickiness. And, you know, I'm wondering where, so where did that bring you after high school and, and kind of when did you start traveling and how did you get out of that situation? Yeah, I, I went away to school. I went to, I actually got like a 12 hour radius where my parents were like, you could go 12 hours, like driving distance was 12 hours. So like, obviously I had to go South because that would have wound me up in like Kansas or something. (laughs) I went to Charleston, South Carolina, which was amazing. Like so grateful for that experience. And I started to just see that, you know, people lived differently. It's like when you're in that tri-state bubble, you don't know that people like live in a different way than this corporate rat race. Like, you know, I'm sure, you know, you've had conversations with people and it's like, what do you do? And you're judged based off what you do and how much money you make. And like, that's life. And I started to see like people living differently. And then I think I started really traveling when I was 23 One of the first places I went was Costa Rica, which is so funny, like full circle that I'm back. But yeah, and then 
I moved out to California. So I started to get sick actually when I was living in Charleston. I mean, it was years of negative self-talk and like self-hatred to be honest, because I blamed myself for not fitting into the the community that I was, you know, part of growing up in because it just seemed like everyone else had no problem, you know, like with friendships and living and I I really suffered. So I blame myself and all this hatred toward myself. And then over exercising, under eating, I suffered from, you know, eating disorder for 10 years. I was under that spell. And I started to, my body started to break down. And I actually, in 2015, I was like, oh my gosh, I need, like, something's really wrong. And I went and got tested for Lyme disease. That was the first test I got done. And it came back negative, and it was a five-year journey. So in that time, I was bedridden back in New York, parents taking care of me. And I had this boyfriend at the time that I wasn't, it was so weird, like, I wasn't in love but like we stayed together and he was like there for the whole thing. And then he wound up getting a job in LA. And in that time I started, I was going to doctor's appointments, like the best of the best in New York. Like what is wrong with me? Why can't I walk? Why can't I do anything? I wasn't digesting food and no one could tell me. And they just said like, you're, you don't want medication. Like you're going to live like this for the, like, you're going to live like this. Like you just need to learn to manage the symptoms at this point. And I started to like, obviously as a 23 year old, you don't want to hear that. And it didn't resonate. And I started to hear these voices basically saying like, don't no, don't listen to this. You will heal. But like, listen to us basically. And I recognize that voice because in like third or fourth grade in Sunday school in church. So I was like forced into the church because my mom was big on that. And we were learning this lesson about, you know, you think bad thoughts and like Jesus will be upset with you. So like, don't think bad thoughts. And like in that moment, I thought about sex and like, I didn't even know what that was. I just knew it was bad. And then like my brain starts thinking that. And as a kid, you know, with that Gemini mind, you're like, ah, I can't control my mind. I'm thinking bad thoughts. I don't even, I didn't even mean to. And like, Jesus hates me. Like that was the whole spiral that I, you know, went into as whatever, an eight-year-old. And then I heard something say like, don't attach to this. This is not true. Separate from this. And from that moment on, I, I kept a distance from religion. It makes sense now why for 18 years I was forced into it because now I do have such a strong relationship to Yeshua, to, to the Marys and, you know, the, the Christianity before Christianity, like the, you know, Christ. So I recognize that and I didn't know what it was. Like, I didn't know the terms psychic and higher self, but I listened and it was like, go to California. So I, in this bad relationship, not bad relationship, I just didn't love the person anymore, but we moved out and I started to heal I had access to better food, to medicines, and I the the voices just getting stronger, the abilities were getting stronger. And I about a year and a half in, I think I realized like, oh, I think I'm psychic. It just like the terminology wasn't as readily available. It probably was. I just didn't, I guess, make the effort to find it. I don't know. But there was this meditation studio in Venice, California, where I 
I wound up being a part of for a while. And then one of the teachers started to announce an intuitive development training. And then I found the Akashic Records. So it was like all within one month, I'm taking courses. And I took courses for two years before I started doing readings for people. So I really had the time because there was no rush, right? Like now I feel like we're all kind of in this rush to, to turn these gifts into a business. And oh my gosh, if you would have told me this is what I was doing, I would have been like, absolutely not. I was studying herbalism. Like I wanted to be an herbalist and like use the intuitive abilities to like, you know, give a little bit more than a traditional herbalist. But yeah. And then in 2020, I got let go of the job I was at for three years that I gave my heart and soul to. And um, I... Yeah, I started to give free readings and then charged a little more and a little more and made the website and it all just kind of escalated from there. Wow. Yeah, that's the, the short version, believe it or not. <laughs> no, that I have like so many questions and so many curiosities within that too, but that it's incredible. And I'm, I'm wondering, was that your Saturn return? Like when you got sick? Um, it wasn't? Oh, um, started. Oh, did it really? Interesting. Okay. Honestly, good for you for having all this knowledge and wisdom now while you're going into it. Cause I didn't, when I went into my Saturn return, I feel like it would have been a lot more pleasant, but that's so interesting. Okay. So when I, I don't even know which question to ask first, but intuitive development, like what does that mean? How did that pan out? What do you do with that gift? If you may. Yeah. Like, how did I learn? Yeah. How did you learn? And and what does that even look like? Yeah, it's different for everyone. Like we, you know, we have all of these clairs that we all have access to, but I'm sure you see some people are, you know, stronger in their feeling or their knowing or their visuals. For me, it was always feeling and knowing. So like as a kid, I felt everything. And I also would know things that I didn't know how to explain. A lot of like people's true feelings and like what they were really thinking, even though they would say something different, right? So when I started taking classes, it was one Saturday morning class that was strictly like training the muscle of the, the, the intuitive muscle. So we would go in and just do exercise after exercise of practicing feeling and receiving messages, seeing and receiving messages and so on. And then the Akashic class at night, on was Sunday nights, and that was kind of Akashic. I mean, it, it really wasn't, but it was like marketed as that, but we learned how to open them. And then, you know, it was more like community. And that was my time to like, cause you know, when you're starting to strengthen and connect with the intuitive side of yourself, all of this shadow stuff comes up. So for me, I, you know, it was great to have these exercises, but I have no space to like feel all the doubt and the fear and the like, what the heck is going on? So this class, it was, I was able to make sense of everything with a teacher who was helping me with that. And we were learning about the ascended masters and the angels and the goddesses and like kind of tying it all together. So now when I teach, it's both, right? It's not one or the other where we're working through all of the stuff that's coming up, especially, you know, it has been 
I guess the best word I can think of is like illegal in a sense to have these gifts up until this point, right? In past lifetimes where you were persecuted, you were shunned, you have to keep it a secret. So there's a lot of those fears that come up for people, those memories of like, I don't feel safe to explore this. So, and then it's, you know, spirit communicates with you through your day to day and it's very subtle. Like a lot of people expect this loud in your face message and that's not who spirit is. That's the patriarchy. Like spirit is not, not loud and in your face. So I really teach to communicate through the physical world and start to have more awareness and observation a stronger connection to the body where you really start to notice like everything is speaking to you and nature can speak to you and every like there's tangible things that can speak to you. It doesn't always have to be like direct, right? Through your channel, through the third eye. Wow. That's awesome. That's so cool. And I think I appreciate too that you're bringing up the past and, and kind of historical markers of where especially women have been persecuted and kind of denied these abilities that are all kind of innate with us, depending on the format of it. And I think even like when I went through my Reiki training, it felt like weird to go through it. And I felt like a hesitancy, you know, cause it's like, are people going to judge me for it? Like, are people going to believe me? Are they going to put me down? Like as a traditional therapist also trained in this. And yeah, I think it's, you said it really well. It's not loud. It's not this huge, just like in your face, I'm going to be screaming type of thing, but really listening to that softness. And I think that's, I hope what our whole world is going through right now of just a softening and, and listening and kind of flowing instead of this loud craziness that I feel like we felt for a really long time. Yeah. 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 There's definitely been a war on women and you you really see that when you know you start to you continue to go deeper with the work just how much our bodies are carrying of not only our suppression but the suppression of all of the women that came before i think you know obviously the patriarchy is getting dismantled right now and it's going to take a while like it's not going to be just a crumbling overnight i mean i'm sure even with the astrology like you've seen the trajectory and how long things take but we're definitely getting there and i do feel like there's a softening that's happening right now and people are starting to to definitely make those shifts i mean you see what's going on with the potential tiktok ban and the the financial system it's it's slowly happening so mm-hmm. So I want to hear more about everything Akashic Records because obviously you've done two readings for me. So I've been on the receiving end, but I still have so many questions and so many curiosities. And I know Chelsea does too. We were talking about it before you hopped on, but give us the lowdown on all things Akashic Records. Yes. Yeah. It has like been the greatest tool that I've come across. My journey with the Akashic Records was slow. I actually found it through a workshop, a work event that I did. And this woman, you could just tell that she was channeling, right? Like she was not, it was a different tone in her voice and like moving her body. And she was answering all of these questions about like why we're here and why we choose our family and just things that I was really struggling with. And the answers just resonated. It was like truth, right? She was speaking truth. 
And then about a year later, I I came in contact with them again. And this is the story about the friends. So I had this customer that came into my work and she had a, a Southern accent. And I recognized the Southern accent because I lived in Charleston and was just asking her, where are you from? Charleston, same. Like, oh, I went to college to Charleston, same. And it was just this crazy synchronicity. And she was like, I'm waiting for, and I'm going to take an Akashic Records course and I'm just waiting. It's right next door and I'm just hanging out. And it was just this moment of, oh my gosh. And I wound up taking the course and it was in, yeah, and this was 2017 or 2018. And then about, yeah, two years later, I obviously started to read for other people. So I really was able to develop a beautiful relationship with just me and and the records before bringing other people into it. But it's basically a a book of your soul's wisdom and your soul's journey. So it's a, a realm that you access. And I believe that we all do have access to this. And sometimes it just takes a little bit more work for others because the way to to access is by matching your frequency to the frequency of this realm. So there have been many times where I was in a bit of a lower state and I wasn't really able to get in. And it took me a couple of years to move through my shadow, my pain, my trauma to be able to hold this frequency better. But when you think about how intelligent the universe is, and of course, there is this space where everything is recorded, like every, not only what's happening in the collective consciousness, but each individual consciousness. So the Akashic records are essentially where all of this information is stored. And a lot of people see it as a library that that like goes up, down, sideways, never ends. I've definitely seen that before. And you kind of just ask for access to your book. I do it now through just intention, but I used to say a prayer. And you can explore so much about yourself, about your relationships, about your past, your possible, you know, future timelines. So, you know, a lot of people like to ask about potential future timelines, right? That seems to be, and love. Those are like the two biggest topics. But for me, I was really using it to understand myself, just like, you know, with astrology, it's like another tool to better understand why you are the way you are and be at peace with your current self because you're constantly on this journey of evolution. And this is just who you are in in this moment. And it like, you know, you start to realize my, my body, my appearance doesn't define me and my emotions don't define me. And I was, you know, using it to understand, okay, why am I so unhappy? Why am I so angry? Why do I have body issues? Why is my relationship with my mom so difficult? Why don't I fit in? Why am I, you know, stuck in this job that I don't like and how do I get out of it? So it helped me to understand why I am in these current experiences, what led to them from past lifetimes or past karmic cycles. And then every step of the way have been guided to evolve and heal out of these situations. So with the records, they don't ever say, 
this is what you need to do. And this is exactly what's going to happen. It's very, you know, you'll notice too, sometimes you, if you get a psychic reading where they're like, you're going to meet this person on this day and at like 5, 36 PM, you know, and it's like, well, I don't, that's not how the records work because they help you realize that you are the creator. And instead of telling you exactly what to do, at least how I read, they give options, right? Of like, I'll see, okay, this is the the most likely timeline that you're on right now based off of the decisions you're making. And this is what it looks like. But then you also have this timeline and this timeline, and this is what is likely to happen if you go down either. So here you decide what timeline do I want to be on, right? I think the difference with the Akashic and the psychic readings are the psychic readings, they're pulling from a a lower, they're pulling from the astral plane versus the Akashic is above the astral. It's in the causal plane. So the astral, there's a lot of funky stuff going on, right? Especially in the lower astral. So they could be speaking to a version of higher self, but not as high a version of self as the one that's coming through the Akashic record. So that's why sometimes you're getting information that feels more accurate, but doesn't always play out in that way. I find both are helpful. I do get both because the Akashic paints a really much bigger picture where you're able to see things from a different perspective. So, so many things you can explore in it. It's never ending, truly. That's incredible. Yeah. And if somebody gets an Akashic reading, like what can they expect? Do they come with questions or do you just kind of give them what you find? Like, how does that work? It could be both. Sometimes, especially this is how I am too. I have my list of questions. I find that the more detailed you are, the more detailed the information is, the more broad you are, the more broad the information. But some people, I I would say most people come with a general, I want to explore this relationship or I want to understand soul purpose. They're like broad topics. But most people do come with some idea of what they want to know, but then I do get, I don't know, like, tell me whatever. And it's both are beautiful because they are going to share exactly what you need to hear in, in the moment. And that's another thing too. Like there will never be like, even if what you're hearing is difficult to hear, it comes through with so much love because again, it's like the divine mother is speaking to you, right? Like, even if it's a traumatic past experience or, you know, a lot of times, you know, we're working through handling a divorce or sexual trauma. And like, that's, you know, a big part of, of my work too. It's trauma. And even if it's something they don't want to hear, it's, it's the frequency of it and the love. So if you're ever getting a reading where they're instilling fear and like, oh, this is going to happen. And cause I've heard that before, like they are not in the records and likely not connected to a, a being of light. And you should just stop the, the reading if you're getting, you know, fear instilled into you like that. So, cause sometimes people are like, I'm nervous. I'm like, there's nothing to be nervous about at all. It's all love. That's awesome. And so I I know that before you had said for you to read, you have to be in a certain frequency and and kind of be able to get that permission from, I want to use the word handlers, but that's not like a security guard type of person, you know, what'd you say? Keepers, the keepers. Keepers, there we go. Okay. Not a handler. 
different term. Um, but how do you keep yourself in that frequency? Because I'm sure like you're going through your own life process and your own journey. And I'm sure there are certain days where you have readings scheduled and, and you may not be there. So what are some of the things you do to get there? Yeah, that used to happen more. Like when I first started, there would be days that I was tired and I'd have readings scheduled. I think now, I mean, after the past two years, like it should have been my Saturn return. Like I am convinced I will report back because I feel like I just went through it, to be honest, where I cleared so much of that heaviness out of me. And I don't feel those things anymore. And I'm really in flow. So there, and and I have a really good work-life balance. But before when I would wake up and I'm like, man, I'm really not feeling it today. I started to learn dance and to, to move energy and get me back into like a state of joy, like childlike joy and a lot, a lot of meditation, hours and hours of meditation, the way I was eating. I mean, it was a whole, I was already healthy, right? Like studying holistic nutrition when I got sick, but this was like a whole new level of changing my lifestyle. And that's how I maintain it because now I just live it. And I, you know, I have my mornings that are non-negotiable and after sessions where I'm, I only take three sessions a day. So I'm not really working, you know, a full, full day by any means. And then I'm out in nature and I'm, you know, doing things that keep me happy, healthy. But yeah, in the beginning, it was a lot of discipline with these practices and allowing myself to rest and take days and I still take a lot of days off like I don't work full five day weeks all week every week and taking the time off and allowing myself to play and have fun and rest if I don't do those things you know then I'm burnt out and then it becomes an issue because I'm not listening that makes sense good for you I'm inspired by that because I think I need that in my life as well. So thank you for sharing that. But I have a quick question too about the difference. You said the astral plane and then the cosmal plane. Am I saying those terminologies? Causal. Yes. What what are those and what's the difference between them? Yeah. All of the things. <laughs> yeah. you. There's many interpretations, I think, of the right worlds within our world or the worlds that we have access to. But what resonates most with me is like our physical plane, um, which is earth, and then the astral plane, which sits above earth, and then the causal plane, which sits above that, which is the closest to the divine. So the astral plane, there's the lower astral, and then there's the upper astral, and they're very different. There's a lot of beings that are living in the lower astral that are a little bit more evolved than we are and have access to more technology, but they're not of service to the light. So there's a lot of things that can happen when, you know, we're astral traveling or connecting up, especially for new intuitives where the knowledge isn't yet there of discernment and, you know, making sure that you're protected and careful with who who you're connecting with and who you're speaking to because there's a lot of beings that are tricksters and don't have the best agenda which is why for a really long time as 
as much as I could just avoided the lower astral as much as possible. And that's not, this isn't, you know, at all to instill fear. This is just like, there is good and evil on this planet. There's light and dark and and we don't want to dislike either. We just need to be aware of both and just be, be mindful and learn how to work with both and not be naive to it. So it's really cool. And so is that also part of like galactic connections and talk to us a little bit about that too? Cause I'm curious. Yeah, I would definitely say the galactic, uh, like the star systems fall within the, the astral. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, they, I, they came to me in 2018 and I was so confused. <laughs> <laughs> I remember like it resonating and I always believed in aliens. I'm like, there's no way we're alone. Like it just doesn't make, it makes zero sense to me that we would be the only species. And, but I never really, you know, thought more into it. So the Pleiadians were the first to make contact with me in 2018. And I don't know if you guys are familiar with them. Tell us everything, yeah. <laughs> everything that you feel called to. Yeah. <laughs> Time to be out. I'm just kidding. Um, because <laughs> I could, I could talk about this, but yeah, the Pleiadians are humanoid. Like that's the the terminology, right? Like they're of the human species, not exactly the same as us, but they're like our cousins, I guess. And their their civilization is a lot farther along than ours. Like right now, we're still, you know, we still don't love each other, and we're fighting over things that are just, you know, a little ridiculous. And their society is they're in unity consciousness. Uh, It's a very different world. So basically backing up a little bit more, the, the timeline that I followed goes all the way back to a star system called Lyra. And they were like the seating of the first seating of humans in this galaxy. And they basically kind of created conflict within themselves, within their own species, pretty immediately within their, you know, evolution, which we still are feeling today, like exactly what was happening there, like this skin color, this skin color, this belief system, this belief system. And they were like, we're different. We don't get along. And they started to create conflict within themselves, which you know, allowed for these external forces to come in and take over. And those same forces are still trying to do that here on Earth. So these beings, they didn't have a home anymore. They start to move out into the galaxy, into other star systems and settle there. And there's obviously been, you know, beings that were already living there before, but not human. So they moved to Andromeda. They moved to Sirius. They moved to the Pleiades, to Arcturus, and... They started to settle and and create life. However, the problems obviously followed. As we know, we can't just like move across the country and think everything's going to solve problems like I did back in 2015. So each star system basically went through their own process of evolution, just like we're doing right now, where there's conflict, they're figuring stuff out, they're creating these new laws, they're... Um, there's dark forces that, again, even on these planets where you looking at it now, you wouldn't think that, but there was at one point. So the, the drama essentially has been moving from planet to planet. 
So it started on Lyra, then moved to Sirius. Sirius evolved. Then the drama moves to Orion. And, you know, I mean, this is a very black and white version of, I'm sure, a very complex story. But all of the souls that have not yet, you know, they're still in service to self. They move to Orion, then to Earth. So we're playing out a very, very, very long war where we still, we're still in separation after all of this time. And we still have these beings that want to keep us in this state separate because it's obviously easier to control us. So like they're in our government, they're in our in Hollywood and they're they're basically walking this planet creating these systems that don't allow for freedom and that's really when I was sick and I'm like wait like the I know the systems are broken but then I was realizing that they're broken on purpose like they're literally built on purpose to be this way to keep us stuck and then that's when I really went, went down the rabbit hole so yeah there's beings that are loving and really want to help us. And those far, like majority are here to help us. There's a very small percentage that don't want that, but they've made us think for so long that we are powerless to them because they sit a little bit above us in terms of density, right? Like they're that lower astral plane kind of convinced us like to be afraid of them and they're all powerful. And when you start to really pull away, you see just how that's not true at all. And that's been my journey the last three, four years. So the beings that I work with, they're basically like, hey, we have been through this already and we know what to do. So we can't force the help on you. But if you're open to it, we have wisdom, knowledge and technology and love to share with you that can help you guys evolve and get through this and support the ascension. So that's basically why I connect with them. And also because it's, you know, when you're learning about what star systems you're from and where you've been and where you've journeyed to, it's unlocking DNA, right? Because 98% of our DNA scientists don't know. Yes, they do. It's, it's cosmic. It's, they just, you know, how do you explain that? So you're waking up these parts of yourself that have been dormant. And that's part of the intuitive gifts as well. Like these codes, this part of the DNA. So by connecting to your galactic origins, you're you're waking up the body and, and waking up the soul in ways that haven't been previously. And of course, there are, you know, people that don't resonate with this and maybe it's not their time. Maybe they you know, where they are in their evolution, they're, they've been on earth and they haven't yet connected to the stars and they're not interested. So of course it's not for everyone, but for those that are called to it, there's so much magic within it. And it's, it's honestly life-changing and yeah, I feel really grateful that I've been able to connect with so many of them. And I wrote a book a few years ago too, of just like my experiences with, you know, seeing their appearance and like how they live their life and what their cities and communities look like. Like the Pleiadians, there's no tall buildings. Like everything is flat. They're in like these communities and the communities are all connected. They're all telepathic too. So like they, 
there's no phones, there's no like lines of communication like that. They just talk to each other telepathically. And then on Sirius, there's big cities and they're pristine, like not one speck of trash or rust or anything, like just perfect, perfect cities. So yeah, some underwater planets, you know? So yeah, it's pretty cool. That's incredible. Oh my gosh. Wow. I have so many more questions, <laughs> um, but I'll keep them simple. So is this the same, like, as a, being a star seed? Is that similar to this or is that totally separate? It's it's similar. It's like we're all from, like, when you trace it back, we're all from somewhere else. I mean, not I don't want to say all because I do believe there are souls here that have, like, when they're journeying, they have not yet experienced higher dimensions, it's very rare to come across an earthling soul. And honestly, with, you know, you, you're attracting your community. So you're likely not likely to maybe run into someone who's there because we are, you know, you're, you're meeting other people who are also on this same path, same soul family. We're all from the stars. There's a group of people that are specifically here to do it's a very specific job that they're here to do within the process of Earth's ascension. And like those are the star seeds. It's very specific. But there are so many other beings that have the galactic DNA and are from the stars that I guess you could consider star seeds, but they're not focused on this specific mission. But they're still contributing greatly to the evolution of the planet. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. I think so. Yeah. <laughs> so like the star seeds, it has to do with the dismantling of the AI and the, the dark systems. And it's a very, yeah, very specific role that they're here to play. Mm-hmm. But then there's, you know, yoga teachers and Reiki healers and the therapists and acupuncturists, like maybe they're not star seeds because they're not here to do this this type of work but they're still star seeds in a way or like light workers because they're supporting the evolution but they're not getting into like the nitty-gritty like darker dismantling of the darker stuff the terminology is tough because there's so many different terms there's not enough terms. Like we're so limited in the language to explain it. So it's like, it's like we've heard these words so many times before, but it's just because we're so limited, but that's how it's been explained to me. There's millions of souls here from the stars that are here supporting and the star seeds are on one very specific mission. So hopefully that makes more sense. Yeah. Yeah. And then is it, as part of an Akashic reading, like, can you connect your soul back to those other planets? And so that's part of the reading. It can be, it can be. And also the galactic astrology. So sometimes when a client has that question and we're in the records, I'll pull up the chart right then and there and go through it. The galactic astrology reports are 40 pages long. So it's wow. so much information. That's a lot. Wow. That's a lot. I've never even heard of galactic astrology. Like I'm fascinated mm-hmm. by that yeah. also. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm wondering when, because you had done a reading for me like a year or two ago, it might've been a year ago. 
and I read it and I didn't even know what to do with it. Um, because it was this all like the Pleiadians and Arcturus, I might be pronouncing that wrong, but how for you, I think I was just like overwhelmed with all the terminology and like, didn't know where to begin, but for you, how did you begin to connect with them? How did you begin to see them and, unravel all of this because there is so much, right? And like, what tips do you have for other people to start to connect and and unravel and continue that communication? Yeah. So my teacher, the Akashic teacher, we had the records open in class and I just asked the question, like, where do I come from? Because I didn't feel at home on earth. I felt like an outsider and I was now aware that there was life outside of earth. So like maybe there's home out there. Like that was the way I was thinking. And she was like, you're a traveler. Like you don't have a home in the stars. You're everything. You've been everywhere. And obviously I'm hysterically crying, like upset at that answer because in my head, I'm like, I don't, I'm not at home here. I don't have a home there. Like what the heck? This is like, this is really hard to hear. And so the Pleiadians were the first to make contact and they're they're the first to make contact for a lot of people because they're so similar to us and they're so gentle. But so with that now opened up like, okay, well, she, she named a couple of planets basically of like where I've been. And then I started to, through meditation, ask to explore that a little bit more. So a lot of my knowledge came from my own experiences. It wasn't until about a year ago where spirit was like, okay, now you can read some books. I, it was like a hard no. And there's still people that like, oh, have you heard of this you know, person or this person who's very well known in the spiritual community and very well credited and knowledgeable. But I'm like, no, I don't know who that is. Because for the first several years, it was like, do not allow any outside knowledge to affect what you're receiving through your channel. So most of it was through experience, which is why I then, you know, created the the book to help other people make sense of it. Because there's, a, again, a lot of information online. It's all like regurgitated. Some of it's true. Some of it I don't resonate with. There's just a lot of meditation that like led to, to me being able to do what I do. And I would feel, you know, beings come into my space and they would introduce themselves and say their name and... And then I, you know, would would find some stuff online where people were kind of saying the same thing and I felt safe. And then they just, yeah, they just can. And then I started when I really started to write the book, then they were coming in and like telling me all these things. And but everyone's, you know, relationship is different. But I would say through meditation and through exploring where I teach is just like open a, a container to where you're protected, you are connected to your body, to the divine, and you invite in, you know, the benevolent Syrian beings because there's, you know, not so benevolent Syrian beings too. So you want to make sure that you're asking to only talk to the beings of light, but inviting them in. And then, you know, you just start to feel some people might see immediately or start, but For those that are new to it, it's always energy first, information second. So I actually have a course that I 
created a year ago or two years ago to help people connect to like seven different star systems. And it's basically like me creating the container. So it's a bit stronger and you'll, you know, you'll get there to strengthen the container. It didn't happen to me on the first time either, but I teach like, okay, feel like feel different sensations, feel their frequency that's coming into your space. And then we'll move on to another star system. And then you're feeling their frequency and it's different and maybe different colors are appearing and you start to kind of pick up on, okay, now I recognize the frequency of the Pleiadians. And now I recognize the frequency of the Syrians and they're all, they are all slightly different. And then that's how you can start to discern like, you know, when you're meeting someone, you're like, oh, they have Syrian energy or they have Pleiadian energy because you, you've connected to the frequency and then the information starts to flow after that. That just clarified like so much for me. So thank you. I appreciate that. But that's, I think that's really great advice for this work, but also for anything like energy first information second, right? Because I think especially in America, we're such like intellectual, like driven, like mind, 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 right? And we've let go of the energetic connections that we have to even each other. So I think that, yeah, that's incredible. Thank you for answering that question. I appreciate it. That's great. Anything else on the galactic connections or any cool experiences that you've had that you want to share on that? Yeah, I, I'm just, there's a couple that are coming to mind, but I had one this was how I how I know about the cities being so pristine. It's like I knew this, but I actually experienced it in an ayahuasca ceremony. So it's like I knew that the you know the the cities were the, the, the way they describe it to me. But then when you're on medicine and you're like actually there, like I I, I had a this one ceremony where I was in darkness in the first cup, and it was actually really I knew it was part of my training, I was, I had this one point where I was like, I need a human, like I need a mentor. This is, it was all of the the psychic surgery stuff that I do, right? Like the, the, the dismantling of the, the, the dark within people's bodies. And I was like, this is hard. There's all these beings that are, you know, I'm like constantly fighting away. Like, please send me a mentor. I need someone to talk to about this. And they say, go sit in ayahuasca in Colombia. And I'm like, okay, not a human, but at least like a little bit better than nothing. So I knew I was going to have some moments of darkness. And I basically was in this realm that was like, everything was just like stuck together and like all these weird colors. And like, I, I swear I saw like melted clocks and like everything was just like goo, like all like, meh, like stuck together. And the sounds that I were hearing were awful. And it took me a minute to like realize that I got lost in it. And it took me a minute to realize like, oh my God, like this is not, this is not me. There's something really messed up here. And it was obviously like a, a lower right realm. And I realized, I'm like, why is no one, there was no expansion. Like I didn't hear anyone talking, but I could feel that souls were trying to talk to me, but couldn't. And I was like, wow, this is really stuck. And like, there's like, this exists somewhere. And I started to realize that I am not this, which is right. Like the journey we're all on, we're like, I am not this person that I thought I was, or I am not my 
heavy emotions. I'm not darkness. And you start to pull yourself out of it. And I basically kind of went through that journey again in ayahuasca. And I came out of it and it took a while, right? Like back to the light, back to the light. Like you keep focusing on the light. And after that experience, I was just like, I want to go to the fairy realm, like get me out of this. Like I deserve to go explore the universe, like please. So yeah, I they took me there and I saw the universe and like everything was sitting on top of each other. Like there was no actual space. Wow. Like it was so crazy and everything was corded into each other and it was beautiful colors, like pinks and turquoise and purple. So you had these basically like they called them pockets. So it was like one pocket and then another pocket sat on top of it. But And the dimensions didn't go like one, two, three, four, or five. It was like eight. And then above it would be one. And then next to it would be five. But it's like you go through these pockets and then the like within that, there's different densities. So, and each little world had their own like beautiful doorway. So I get to the fairy realm and there's this huge door and then I go in it. And then that's where like, I mean, I would assume like our solar system would be like, that's kind of how I I perceived it. So I wound up going to Sirius after the fairy realm, this beautiful blue door. And I walk into one of the main cities in Sirius, which is called Setes. And I'm on this like big stairwell and I'm like, okay, I need to figure out like, I don't know anything, like where to go. And I'm just like, I stand there for a minute. It's like, go to the left. And I go down the stairs to the left and start walking in the city and immediately hear someone call my name. It was so crazy. And I like turn around and it was this man, this man with like kind of maybe a little bigger than human, but like long brown hair and like blue-ish tint to the skin And he was like, Lauren, and I like turn around and telepathically, he was like, did you die? Because I was on Sirius and he knew that I was supposed to be on earth. And I was like, no, like ayahuasca in the jungle, like, hi. (laughs) And I didn't recognize him, but I knew he knew me. So I was like, hey, can you show me around? Like, I want to see the city. So we spent what I thought was the whole day together exploring the city, but obviously it was probably like an hour or two. And then I started to realize like we were actually really good friends and he knew me really well. And the more we spent time together, the more I was like, oh, I I, re- I know this person. And he was basically, you know, I was seeing how everyone behaved in the city And I was like, wow, how do I like, how do I relay this message to earth? Like, how do I get people to understand what you guys know? And yeah, we just like talked for forever. And then I left, I was like, it's time to go. And I I went through a portal and left and it was probably one of the craziest six. I mean, obviously I was on medicine, right? But like still wild. So that's, that's the story. Okay. That should be an ad for like ayahuasca and, you know, astral traveling and all of the things. That's incredible. So was that, that wasn't your first time with that medicine, was it? No, I sat 16 times. Um, and the first time was in 2017. That was the one where I was like, what's wrong with Mm. me? Like, why am I 
And it was basically my higher self coming in like this cute little like beam of light. I didn't know it was my higher self. And she was just guiding me. It was very beautiful because I was so scared. And I told the shaman too, I was like, I'm prone, you know, prone to dark attacks. Like I'm scared that something bad's going to happen. And he really protected me as beautiful mm-hmm. ceremony. But it was like this little like beam of light that was like basically showing me all of these memories that I'm like still holding on to and like helping me to let go of them and see and understand. And that's when she was like, you're not your emotions. And I'm like, what? I'm not like, really? And um, I remember being like, okay, just like, tell me like, when did this start? Like, why am I this way? Like, and she brought me to like my mom giving birth to me. And I'm like, okay. So I literally, from the moment I entered this world, like that's when it started. So that's when I was like, okay, this is past life stuff that I need to look at. But, and then at the end I was like, I'm so grateful for you. Like, thank you so much for guiding me. I don't know (laughs) when I start crying. I was like, I don't know how I'm going to, how I would have done this without you. Like, how am I supposed to, you know, carry on? And she's like, I am you. Like, what are you talking about? Like, it's you. And I was like, So that was like a very profound ceremony for me to see myself in that light and that I'm not, you know, all of these things that I carry. And then, yeah, I continued to go back and sit. I would say the the one on Sirius was like my fourth, fourth or fifth ceremony. And that was two years ago. Wow. So I can only imagine just like how powerful and, and just like, even more opening each ceremony gets for you. Like that's, you're like, yep, (laughs) that's incredible. Oh my goodness. That's so great. The medicine is amazing. Mm -hmm. And I, I just got back from another retreat and I'm going to start bringing people to like retreats to sit with the medicine because it's like, I, I realized this too in my last ceremony where I'm like, the work that we're doing without the medicine is extremely important, but the medicine can help us go so much deeper and how not everyone's called to it. Right. But the people that are, sometimes there's a lot of fears and I don't know, this is scary. So I'm kind of hoping that I can help be that bridge for a lot of people who need it and know that they need it, but don't want to go do the experience alone. So that's incredible. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Sign me up. I'm yeah. excited. <laughs> I'll come. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah. Well, and the first time that you did it, because to be honest, I'm a little scared too. And, and Chelsea and I have talked about this with other people as well. And, and we both microdosed before and I've tried some medicines more recreationally and socially, but not ayahuasca, not in a ceremonial stance. And I've obviously read about some intense kind of experiences, but all of them ending up being so beautiful and so profound. And, you know, how do you get through that fear? How do you kind of come out the other side of it? Yeah. I think it's sometimes hard for me to answer these questions. Like even earlier you said something and it's just like, I feel like I had no choice, but to go through these experiences. Like for a lot of people, I think they, they want it, but they keep themselves on the other side of it. I just didn't have the choice to to not go there. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. So there was, I mean, I think there was fear 
I would say like eight ceremonies in, I started to, to not really have that fear going in because I really started to trust the medicine more because, mm-hmm. you know, I was scared of the darkness a little bit for a while. And I knew it, it would be because you're being shown your subconscious, you're being shown these hidden parts of yourself. And, you know, that doesn't mean every ceremony is going to be dark. They're obviously not. There was so much light in so many of them. But yeah, I just, and maybe this is, you know, some qualities that I have that I think you can also see in my chart. Like I have a lot of fire where I just do it. Like I just do the thing. It takes over the the mind trying to say no. And I just like put myself in the situation where I'm like, okay, I'm here in ceremony. Like there's no turning back now. Like, so we're doing it. I love that. Okay. So tap into our fire is what I got. So I appreciate that. Yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. Very cool. I was just going to say too, this is important because being in the heart. So up until there was many years where, you know, your mind takes over and tries to stop you from doing things and is much stronger than the heart. So I was like reversing that to where my heart is leading the way. And my heart is much stronger than my mind. So it allowed my heart to lead in these situations. I think that was a big part of it too. And my teacher always used to say like, you know, cause I was never living in the moment. I was always in the future and the past and never in the present and never really in my body. So that was a practice of like coming back to the heart and tapping on the heart and catching myself when I'm all over the place. So I think that more than even probably just the fire, it was my heart so strong and, and leading the way. And my mind has no power over that. So that's beautiful. Yeah. And I was going to say, like, what I love so much is, like, how you have your Sag rising and a Sag north node. And, like, so you've been kind of this person who's really, like, I don't want to say pioneering necessarily because, like, ayahuasca has been around for so long. But, like, you've done so much and now you have had such profound experiences. And now you're, like, bringing others into it, you know? Like, you're somebody, especially, like, that Sag north node, like, you can't just keep it to yourself. Like, you found something that works so well for you and now it's your time to begin sharing it, which I think is just so beautiful. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. I realized that like I, you know, you, you're, there's fear of leading, right? Like, and putting yourself out there. So yeah, work through a lot of that. And now I just, you just let spirit work through you. Like it's not my, it's my human, but it's also, you know, something greater than me that I've allowed to, to work through me to lead the way. So thank you for seeing that. Incredible. So you have so much wisdom. You have so many connections. You have so many stories. And I'm wondering right now in your life, what are you curious about and kind of what keeps you curious in general? Yeah, right now, the galactic astrology is taking up a lot of space because there's always something new, like just crazy. And um, I'm also studying, this has come in layers, but the fae, so the fairy realms, the, the fae being like the nature beings, the elves, the leprechauns, like all those, you know, uh, mythological creatures that live here. It's not made up. And this is this is me right now, like just going deeper into understanding them. So a, a lot of my space right now is 
is focused on the Fae and the mythology and connecting with them and understanding them and understanding nature a little bit more. Because a lot of people are afraid of the Fae and don't really understand them, but they're beings of nature and nature is untamed and wild and does whatever she wants. So the Fae are the same way. Like they have different mannerisms, different beliefs. Like, like for example, they, from their perspective, they never lie. Like there's no such thing as lying because they could say one thing in the moment and they mean it and then it changes and they're like, but my mind changed. Like it's, I was not lying then I was telling the truth and and now here I'm telling the truth. So there's been this disconnect between human and Fae for many reasons, like human disrespecting the land and disrespecting other beings, but there's been a disconnect. And in order for the planet to ascend, to evolve, we need to to heal that relationship. So I'm, I'm focused on understanding that a little better. And I have Fae blood from my grandma in Ireland. So I'm able to, to be in that world, which is really beautiful. So yeah, those are the two, two things that are taking up my, my brain power right now. (laughs) I love that. And how do you get into that realm? Like, how do you tap into the Fae realm? It's, I mean, we're like living in it. So you have like the underworld within our world, you have the underworld the, the middle world, which is where we live. And also there's Fae that live here and then the upper world. So there are certain spots on the planet where that veil is very thin, like the UK, Scotland, Ireland, Iceland, the Nordics. Like, I mean, the Fae, they live everywhere. Like they're here in Costa Rica. They're, I taught a fairy class last year and one of the girls was in Brooklyn and there were Fae that were living in, in Brooklyn as well. Um, they were, you know, very different than the other places, but you can go, you know, I go to those places where the veil is thin and I'm able to really be there a little bit more strongly, but I spend a lot of time in nature and I'm just, again, like with the records, like I just set the intention to, to match that frequency to enter into that dimension. Yeah. That's awesome. That's so cool. Everything you're sharing is so inspiring. And I just learned so much from you and I appreciate it so much. Um, But I'm wondering, you know, what offerings do you have? Where can people find you? How can people connect with you? I'm on Instagram. Um, Lauren on Earth is my business name. And it's also laurenonearth.com to explore the offerings. I am teaching an Akashic course coming up. It is full, but there might be another one in the fall. And I also teach one-on-one, like a lot of people one-on-one to, to develop the psychic abilities and open the records and I have a, a couple of clearings that are coming up. I do group healings and group clearings. And then there will be a light language course coming this summer. So that's that's everything so far. That's awesome. That's a lot of things. Wow. <laughs> Very cool. That's amazing. <laughs> awesome. Well, yeah, we'll definitely link everything below. But seriously, thank you so much for your time and for sharing all of your wisdom and your connections. And we're definitely going to have you on again to kind of deepen this and and continue the conversation because this was so great. Thank you. Thank you so much. This was so fun. 
This episode was so fun. Thanks for joining us. Feel free to rate and subscribe. And we love connecting with you all over on Instagram at the moon in your mind. Send us a DM and let us know what you think. Sending love to you all. Bye.